0: I'd like to turn your attention to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. Hear now God's holy word. One who has unreli- unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. This is God's word. So at the age of 29, Ben Moon received a terrifying diagnosis. He had colorectal cancer. This was Ben Moon, who had climbed mountains, he'd surfed beaches, he'd explored the Great West. Now he found himself in a hospital bed. But he wasn't alone, because his trusty dog, Denali, was with him the whole way through. And in the the dark valley of cancer treatment denali did not leave ben moon's side ben moon recovered and all seemed well but 10 years later the roles switched this time denali was given a cancer diagnosis and his prognosis was terminal and so what did ben moon do he took his best friend on one last journey they took to the beach they tackled mountains Sometimes the trails were too hard for Denali, and so Ben Moon would put his dog on his shoulders and carry this dog. Denali's battle ended on February 2nd, 2014. A day later, Ben posted a tribute that included these lines. It's impossible to put into words all that you were and will always be to me. I was always convinced you were more human than dog. And all of the countless lives you touched felt the same. Thank you for your unwavering belief in me. Happy trails, my friend. Friendship is a sweet thing. Even when it's just a friend with a canine. And then I would hope that we can desire even a deeper level of friendship with a human person. Someone who has been made in the image of God. Someone who has been made to walk near us and with us. But many of us will go a long time without a friend. Many of us lack even the characters and skills to be a good friend. Uh, My own life has borne this out. I I thought back to when I was in fourth grade, I, I lied about a friend to avoid a parental punishment. In the sixth grade, I kind of blew off a certain friend so that I could hopefully pursue more popular friends. In seventh grade, I tried to ignore this kind of eager beaver who wanted to be my friend, but thankfully he persisted, and now he's one of my best friends in life. Friendship is so messy, it has the power to raise our spirits and then crush the soul. Interesting enough, in a Business Insider article from 2017, the authors noted that after decades of research, the greatest human need after food and shelter is deep social relationships. And the authors included this line, though. They said, yet we can easily become isolated from one another. Some of us get competitive and we compare ourselves with our peers. Others get trapped in 12-hour workdays or scatter across the country in the quest for achievement. We drown in workaholism and the busyness of life and then numb ourselves with alcohol and Netflix. Yet social connection is what we all desperately want. Now, into this kind of question of how do you have friends? How do you have how do you have this and what is this thing? There's like I would say there's two kind of contrasting, I would say popular ideas on friendship. Uh, One I would call the shallow view, the other the deep view. The shallow view I thought was expressed interestingly by a, a woman named Diksha Jogi. She writes, don't trust anyone, even your best friend. They may change when she becomes a best friend to another person. In other words, friends beware. Friendship isn't all that it's cracked up to be. Sure, you can dip your toes into friendship, but don't go all in. They're going to leave you in a week, or a year, or a decade. They're going to lie about you. They're going to gossip about you. And so have a very just, get, just have a very shallow view of friendship. Be careful. But then the contrasting view, I think, has been written pretty well, often, in best-selling book after best-selling book by a woman named Brene Brown. Uh, one of her quotes is this. She says, I'm looking for what I call my move-the-body friends. I'm looking for the folks who are going to show up and wade through the deep with me. And if you've spent any, if you read any of Brene Brown, she's talking about you want to be authentic and and vulnerable and caring. Uh, I think she's you know she's written a, a lot of good stuff. I think William Shakespeare tops her. Uh, William Shakespeare has a, a very beautiful poem called "The Passionate Pilgrim," uh, and this is his picture of a friend. He that is thy friend indeed, he will help thee in thy need. If thou, if thou sorrow, he will weep. If thou wake, he cannot sleep. Thus of every grief in heart, he with thee doth bear apart. These are the certain signs to know, faithful friend from flattering foe. So just even as we start, like, how do you sit? Like, do you, do you have a deep view of friendship? Is that something you value? You're willing to risk swimming deep and doing the deep dive for friendship? Or do you kind of have a shallow view? Maybe you've been hurt or... You're just cynical, like I'm going shallow. Um, kind of into this, I would say God's word here in Proverbs chapter eighteen twenty four offers even some deeper truths. Uh, and you, I think when you read Proverbs eighteen twenty four at first point, you're kind of like, "This seems pretty simple." Like some people are unreliable, some people are reliable. Thanks, Pastor. But I, I really invite us to, to, to think carefully on these verses, uh, or this verse in particular. Let me hear, hear it again, Proverbs eighteen twenty four. One who has unreli- unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Here's, I'm going to give one main idea, and we're going to look at kind of two contrasting uh, principles and then one cl- closing idea, too. But here's the main idea. A sticky friend secures us when the bottom falls out. A sticky friend secures us when the bottom falls out. Uh, we just went on a, a big road trip to Michigan and back. And the most popular thing that my kids got to watch while driving what were Looney Tunes. We're trying to raise these kids right on Tweety Bird and Sylvester. Uh, and I asked them, what was their favorite cartoon? And they, re- they talked about one of uh, Bugs Bunny's famous little cartoon sketches called The High Dive Hair. And I don't know if you remember this, right? Yosemite Sam is trying to get Bugs Bunny, and all these different things happen. But toward the end, Bugs Bunny has a death-defying, one more death-defying trick for Yosemite Sam. And what does Yosemite Sam do? He he takes out a saw, and he's slowly sawing the diving board. And finally, he's going to catch Bugs Bunny. And lo and behold, he saws this one last thing, and Bugs Bunny is supposed to fall. But guess what? The whole diving board goes, and Bugs Bunny magically floats in, in thin air, right? right? We want a friend like Bugs Bunny, that even when the diving board goes, he can hold on to us, right? He's, he's stronger than gravity. And maybe you have images of being that friend. I want to be that friend. I want to carry everyone. Friendship. It's Interesting. A sticky friend secures us when the bottom falls out. Two ideas on friendship. One friendship principle at the end. Here's this. First idea. Companions, companions aren't enough when the bottom falls out. Companions aren't enough when the bottom falls out. So like most Proverbs, uh, we, have, we have two lines, and in this case they're contrasting. Sometimes they repeat the same idea, but these are contrasting ideas. And the first idea is this. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. Or And really, in the original Hebrew, it's just one can have a whole bunch of friends and still crash and burn. Interesting, the word uh, in the first part of this verse, used for friend, it's just kind of the most generic word. Right? It's neighbor, friend, buddy, chum. The second verse, when it uses for friend, could actually be translated like lover. It's a very deep word. We'll come back to that word in a second. But this idea of, you know, you, you can have all the chaps in the world and still be in trouble. You can have thousands of buddies and no real friends. But what is a companion? I mean, it's not bad to have a companion. Companions share similar likes. You have girls who like the same movies and guys who like to shoot the same kind of animals. Companions like to go to the gym together. Companions drink the same kind of wine, drive the same sort of motorcycles, and camp at the same state parks. There's nothing wrong with companions as a companion. But there is a problem if you assume that those companions are going to be loving and loyal friends. When your camper breaks down, those so-called camping friends aren't going to stay in your driveway for the weekend. The girl who tears her ACL while playing sand volleyball loses all of the friends from volleys like that. When the guy gives up drinking, that bar where everybody knew his name forgets his name in about six months. A girl with lots of friends can find herself alone on Friday night. A guy with a slew of buddies might not know that he's home after losing his job. They say there's safety in numbers, but friends can't be added to our life like savings accounts. Let me give you some examples. One fictional. One, a modern person, the fictional one. Think about Pinocchio. I mean, Pinocchio thought he had it made with lamp wick, I and mean, they were having fun carnivals to be had, m- mischievous things to do, a game of pool to play. But when all goes south, who's left? A bug, a cricket. And not just Eddie Cricket, the one and only Jiminy Cricket, but the, the one that Pinocchio the whole time thought, man, he's just a fun killer. He's always trying to correct me. He's always trying to tell me I'm doing things wrong. But the loyal friend is this little bug. Consider also a man named Beckett Cook. Uh, Beckett uh, worked with movie stars and supermodels in the 2000s. He attended award shows. He swam in Drew Barrymore's pool. Uh, And at that time, he dated men. He marched in pride parades. His friends in L.A., and New York, they were allies, companions, and friends. But something changed in 2009. Beckett Cook surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. In turn, Beckett abandoned his gay lifestyle. This is what Beckett describes what happened after that. He said, Surrendering my sexuality hasn't been easy. I still struggle with vestiges of same-sex attraction. But denying myself, taking up my cross, and following Jesus is an honor. Any struggles I experience pale in comparison to the joy of a personal relationship with the one who created me and gives my life meaning. My identity is no longer in my sexuality. It's in Jesus. But this this change didn't sit well with his buddies, with his allies. Instead, he faced outright hostility. He explains what happened this way. He says, my closest... Lifelong friends completely abandoned me. My production design agency in Hollywood dropped me like a hot potato under the most vague and frivolous of pretexts, even though I was one of their top artists, earning them loads of money over the years. See, there's a vast difference between companions and true friends. Let's just do a little bit of self-assessment. We'll use uh, Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs 27 has a lot to speak about what it means to be a friend. Ask yourself, are you, a, are, are you a, only a buddy? Are you a true friend? Do you have more than companions? Proverbs 27, verse 5 and 6 say this. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend, even if it's a bug, can be trusted. But an enemy multiplies kisses. So those people who seem the most tender of you, those who seem the most supportive of you, they could actually be your enemy. A little later in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 9, we hear this. It says, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. It says, do not forsake your friend or a friend of your family and do not go to your relative's house when disaster strikes you. Better a neighbor nearby than a relative far away. So again, some self-assessment. Do you have friends that sometimes speak hard words to you for your own good? I mean, I think in the last six months, have you received an encouraging but maybe hard word from a friend if you have, thank God for them. Maybe even thank them. Like, hey, you know when you did that four or five months ago and I gave you that dirty look? I look back now. I needed that. Now, do you have a friend maybe right now that you know if I go speak to them, it, it might seem to put the friendship on the line, but I know now that that, wound, that might, might be a short-term pain is going to be a long-term healing for them. companions aren't enough when the bottom falls out we need what the second part of this verse describes we need sticky friends we need to be a sticky friend and this is the idea on a sticky friend a friend a true friend sticks by when the bottom falls out here verse 24 again one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. As I mentioned before, this second term for friend could also be lover, but there's actually no romantic or sexual overtones to this word. It's it's a friend is one who is loyal, who is sacrificial. They cling to you even when it gets hard. It's not when we're attractive that they are by, it's actually when we're at our least attractive. They've revolved to stick around when we're not so lovable and when life isn't so livable. Those are sticky friends. You know, even family will bail on you, especially if you start dishonoring the family name, but not so a sticky friend. They stick around when everyone else has fled the party. Just in history, a couple of people. One, I I appreciate the fact that Billy Graham, somewhat famous religious figure, he stood by Bill Clinton when Bill Clinton's sexual infidelity got exposed. That's a sticky friend. Thomas Jefferson and John Adams never agreed on any subject in political history except, we will be friends. They were sticky friends. The uh, wise writer, Catholic priest named Henry and he described a sticky friend with words like this. He said, when we honestly ask ourselves which person in our lives mean the most to us, we often find that it is those who instead of giving advice, solutions, or cures, have chosen rather to share our pain and touch our wounds with a warm and tender hand. The friend who can be silent with us in a moment of despair or confusion who can stay with us in an hour of grief and bereavement, who can tolerate not knowing, not curing, not healing, and face us with the reality of our powerlessness. That is a friend who cares. Sticky friends are hard to come by. If you have such one, they're worth their weight in gold. Did you know that Jesus spoke about friendship on the very night he gets betrayed by a friend? Jesus teaches on friendship the very night he's betrayed by a friend. These words are captured by us by John, the apostle. Chapter 15, verses 13 through 15. Listen to what Jesus has to say about friendship. He says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I have learned from my father I have made known to you. So a number of years ago, Dr. Tim Keller, he preached on this text and he, I thought, had a very powerful summary of what a true friend is. He said, a true friend lets you in and never lets you down. A true friend lets you in and never lets you down. And what I meant by that is a true friend, they, they open their heart. And they invite you to open their heart. Like, let, you can come in. With all your warts and wrinkles, you can come in. A sticky friend sees your messy life, but they don't go running. They actually lean in. But they also don't let you down. The idea is they, they help us carry those burdens. A true friend lets you in but never lets you down. This definition of friendship just slays me. I have let people in to a certain point and then the stiff arm comes out. Have you ever done that? Like, hey, tell me what's going on in your life. I want to hear all about it. And you're listening and you're listening and then you're like, Holy smokes, you can't share that deep on me. Like, Same thing, I've made promises I haven't kept. I've said I'll be there, but I wasn't there. Some of you have been deeply wounded by supposed friends. They broke your confidence. On your worst moment, you called them three times. Texted him four times. And you got like some emoji back. <sighs> That's it? Jimmy said, I've got you, but when you called, Jim didn't even pick up. Katie said she would support you, but now she's dating your boyfriend. Proverbs 18.24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother? Now, that verse requires deeper introspection. There is a friend who sticks closer to a brother. Remember, Jesus, back in John 15, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus is the sticky friend, he is loyal, loving. And here's the thing. He loves us despite knowing everything that we've done. Everything we're going to do. He knows what we think about. One of my favorite Alistair Beg lines, preacher, he said, you know what, if I knew what the people who I was preaching to were thinking about, I wouldn't want to spend a, a, lick, a time with them. But if you knew what I thought, you would never want to listen to me but right, that's it. Jesus knows all of that and yet it, it was out of this loyal friendship love that he comes to earth right he, he lives the life we were supposed to live he dies the death that we deserve he sees us at our worst and yet he loved us to the uttermost he can hold us up in our weaknesses and he can he never grows tired He never grows faint. Jesus is the definition and the demonstration of true friendship. He is really the ultimate friend and really the only one who can keep us from ruin. He lets us in and he never lets us down. Consider this also. The best friendships, the absolute best friendships that we have, like we don't think we deserve them as friends. Do you have friends like that? You're like, I can't believe that person likes me. I have a couple of people in my life and I'm like, that. they call and check on me and they say they appreciate me and value me? Like, I'm like, I don't deserve such people. Uh, Walt Whitman once wrote, I no doubt deserved my enemies, but I don't believe I deserved my friends. You know, a few weeks ago I was watching uh, Tim Duncan, uh, his, his induction into the Hall of Fame. So Tim Duncan, for those who don't know, he's one of the greatest power forwards who ever played the game. He played for the Spurs he played some of the greatest basketball ever. Do you know what the most recurring phrase in his speech was? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Over and over again, he knew he didn't deserve the teams he played on, the skills he'd received, or the coaches he'd learned from. And then there was one, on one occasion, where he referenced two former teammates, Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. And this is what he said about them. He says, it was an honor sharing the court with you guys. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your brotherhood. Thank you for all the experiences that we shared on the court. The best friends somewhat intimidate us. They could be smarter, better looking, athletic. They may be more godly, gracious, and good. Like on one hand, you're attracted to them for their stunning qualities, and yet on the other hand, there's a bit of shame and doubt that someone like them could really like someone like you. how much more so is this true of Jesus Christ? He is so much better than us. So much stronger, so good, faithful, enduring, stable, emotionally resilient. That shit intimidated us. And then at the same time realize, he says, I have come for you, right? Jesus says, I've come for the lost sheep. I've come to seek and to save the lost. He wants us. The Father in heaven did not put the Son's arm behind his back. Okay, Son, we got to go save these people. Right? The Son comes willingly, delightedly. It is his joy to endure the cross, to save us, reconcile us, to make us friends. We were enemies before, but he makes us friends We have a gift in Jesus as the sticky friend. He is the friend who sticks closer than a brother. We need a friend who sticks by when the bottom falls out. But I want to give you this closing principle, and this is this. Because of Jesus, we have a friend to lean on so that we can become sticky friends. We have a friend to lean on so that we can become sticky friends. Most friendships fail because they are put together by two incomplete, selfish human beings coming together and trying to like, build something together. And guess what? Uh, two not whole people put together still makes something that's not whole. And this is why friends snub each other, they back out on each other, they get overwhelmed with each other, they say things they wish they wouldn't say, they lie, they steal each other. It just doesn't work out. And, that's, and and when that all happens, that's when most of us are tempted to be like, I'm done with friends. You know, I knew a guy, I think he was on his fifth or sixth marriage, and he was complaining about that marriage. And I thought something, but didn't say that. I said, you know the most common denominator in your last five marriages? Like, what was the same thing that made up that? I say all that to realize that when we enter in a friendship, we're, the, we're bringing our weaknesses, our sin, our selfishness in. And so what we, we, we need to lean into Jesus in a way that he can kind of restore us, build us up, give us confidence so that we can be sent out to now be sticky friends. Let me explain how that works. Um, first, Jesus gives me freedom to admit that I don't cut it. Because Jesus has let me in with all my mess, because Jesus can sustain me and uphold me despite all my weakness, I can just admit that I'm extremely messed up. This is actually where I think Brene Brown's work uh, is is empty. I love some of the stuff she says, but there's no power behind it. She's like, be authentic, be real. I'm like, I'm not going to be authentic and real if people are just going to blow me off. There's no way. But here's the thing. If the most important being in the universe the one whose relationship matters more than any other, if that being has received me, if that being knows everything about me and all my ugliness, then he says, I love you, Matt. I'm not leaving you, Matt. Now I can go to my wife and I can give her just, here's my mess ups, here's my scripts. I can talk to Brian. Brian this is this is why pastoring is hard. I can talk to Dave and say, this is why being a dad is hard. And even though they might reject me, and it's possible, even your mother and father reject you, but God says, I will not forsake you. So it's from that place of being connected to God that I can just admit, when I come into every friendship, hey, I'm not going to be the greatest friend. But you're going to get me as I am. And Christ knows I'm far worse. And so even if you reject me, I'll be okay. But I'm going to somehow stick in with you. It allows me to not cut it. But it also gives me, Jesus gives me the ability to accept others who don't cut it. I don't need them to be complete anymore. I can stick by them because God has given me a treasure of grace to give to these people when they don't cut it, and they won't. Your best friend, if they haven't hurt you, they will. But through Christ, you can now forgive them. People are going to run from you. I have a friend right now I'm kind of chasing down, kind of missing. But Christ gives me the boldness to keep pressing on at this. If he keeps running, okay. But guess what? Jesus chased me down, and so I'm going to keep chasing this guy down. I can let them in. I can stick by them. And even if they fail me or hurt me, I'll be okay. Because I have sticky friend Jesus. You know, in the end, I really believe we all want to be friends like Sam Gamgee in The Lord of the Rings. You guys know who Sam Gamgee is? He's just a small hobbit who has a friend named Frodo. And Frodo gets tasked with this impossible journey. And so the journey starts out with a few humans, an elf, four hobbits, and a dwarf. And they've got to go to the most dangerous place in the world and fight the most dangerous foe ever imagined. And one day Frodo just feels horrible and says, I, I can't ask anybody else to go with me. And so Frodo tries to escape and to go on his own. I can't ask anybody else to face this. But his dear friend Sam chases him down. And here's a little piece of their conversation. I love this conversation. Frodo speaks and says, It would be the certain death of you to come with me, Sam. And I could not have borne that. Not as certain as being left behind, said Sam. Frodo says, But I am going to Mordor. I know that well enough, Mr. Frodo. Of course you are. And I'm coming with you. Now, Sam, said Frodo, don't hinder me. The others will be coming back at any minute. If they catch me here, I shall have to argue and explain, and I shall never have the heart or the chance to get off. But I must go at once. It's the only way. Of course it is, answered Sam, but not alone. I'm coming too, or neither of us isn't going. I'll knock holes in all these boats first. And so went Samwise Gamgee with his friend Frodo. Samwise Gamgee, the loyal and loving friend. And you know what? Samwise, he didn't bring much to the journey. He isn't that smart. He isn't that strong. But he's stuck by his friends. Oh, that we would be such men and such women. We don't offer much. We don't. But we can offer what we have out of loyalty and love. But never take your eye off Jesus. He is the sticky friend who sticks closer than a brother. He was and is utterly loyal. He was and is utter love. He lets us in. He never lets us down. He is the friend that sticks closer to the brother so that when we lean on him, we can be sticky friends. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your word. It's hopeful, it's hopeful because I think most of us look at this and see our own failures as friends and our our disappointment in in certain friends, and yet the consoling truth that Jesus is willing to be our friend, he's willing to deal with the sin in our lives through his sacrificial death, he's willing to fill us with strength and to sustain us, to help carry us. In fact, Jesus says he will carry us to the end, that all those who come to him will never be put to shame. And so, Jesus, we honor you, you are the great friend. And because you're the great friend, I pray in your mercy that this church, it would be an army of friends to a world that is just starving for friends. We have a world that is just socially isolated, starving relationally, And I pray that we would go with the gospel of God in our hearts. We would go to be friends. I pray that many of those friends are in this room made up of brothers and sisters together. But also, Lord, the world needs friends. Jesus, you are a friend to tax collectors and sinners. You're a friend to us. We love you, Jesus. We honor you. We thank you now that we can celebrate the family meal together. In Christ's name, amen.